Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. episode whatever it is yeah. we should probably just stop saying that now <laughs> i know i know but it feels like a an organic thing to sort of mm. start with but yeah we're shooting hey ourselves guys, in the foot <laughs> this is style over substance what yeah. up um how are you man yeah i'm i'm all right actually not bad i have decided i'm giving myself this weekend to officially finish my cross stitch Oh yeah! Like I need to finish it because I have. You've been I, discussing this cross stitch since potentially like episode two. Oh god! Yeah, I've been I've been talking yeah. about it since the summer. Yeah, I have an idea for a big old painting that I want to do, but mm. I can't start something else before I finish the last thing. That's like. Yeah the key to getting anything done really <laughs> well because then you'll so, have loads of like odd odds and ends mm, like mm-hmm. wrap up yeah yeah and I don't like that I've spent so much spent so much time on this cross stitch and dedicated so much back pain and you need to like get it in a frame it. or something oh I, I bought the frame that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> I've had this frame for weeks honestly wow that um, was presumptuous yeah because I thought the end was nigh but alas. but you know what you do need you do need motivation I am so close mm. to finishing a jumper for my nephew that I'm knitting mm. and I'm just putting it off and I was like I've got plenty of time we're now less than a week till Christmas and like these things take time and you don't want to be rushing so is it his Christmas gift it is, yeah. Okay. I knitted a little cardi for one nephew mm-hmm. and I'm knitting a jumper with a teddy bear's face on it. Like a, just a little like, no. as in just like a little like eyes and a little nose. nose. Nothing like ridiculously yeah. intricate. Um, but yeah, um, it currently is sleeveless on one side. <laughs> so oh, okay. I need yeah. to do the sleeve. I think I've just um, been distracted with other things, but oh well, it will get done, I believe. We will knit that sleeve and we will finish yeah. that cross stitch. It's got to get done. <laughs> Such yeah. granny activities. I know, but whenever like I say stuff like that to people, mm. like I th- we had a uh, Zoom with our school friends the other day and I can't remember I said something. They're like, yeah, but that's because you're like old at heart. And I was just like, yeah, I am. Yeah. People have to understand you. And they do. And they do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Right. Well, this week we're discussing the fashion shows we alluded to last week. Mm -hmm. But before that, what's your fashion story, Mim? 
Okay. Or should I say, just in case people miss it, your fashion story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my fashion story is De Beers has raised their diamond prices for the first time since the beginning of this pandemic. And prices have increased by 2 to 3%. Um, and that's in- quite significant when you're already starting with mm. significantly priced products. Yeah, exactly. And for those of you who don't know, I think we should probably do an episode about diamonds and things. They are a girl's best friend. Yeah. And and it's something that, you know, we see year after year, season after season on um, these red carpets. Mm. And they're like an essential part of the look. Lorraine Um, Schwartz. Oh, God, I was took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) She's like Bessies (laughs) with all celebrities. Yeah. Um, But De Beers, basically, they own essentially for many years a monopoly on diamond mines and diamond stocks. And so they were able to really like to kind of name their price on the value of diamonds. Um, Now, you know, there's like lots of diamonds in like being mined in Russia and other places that people don't really think of. But um, this, this whole discussion, I think there's so much to talk about because, you know, the idea that diamonds are marketed as such a rare um, stone is not true. Like the earth is made out of carbon for the most part. And so it's really common sort of substance. But anyway, saw this headline and it kind of reminds me of um, a few months ago, like my sister, my mum and I were in the group chat and we were talking about, would you mind getting a synthetic diamond as a engagement ring? I already know your mother's response. <laughs> yeah, my mum my comes from a time before synthetic diamonds were really a big thing. But and it's also not... It's not a bad thing to it's not. Want, want a real diamond. My mum's not actually that snobby. She no, no, no. She does just, has just like she has good taste. She does have synthetic diamonds. She probably won't want me to say this on, but she does. But that's not like and cubic zirconia. Well, there's there's cubic zirconia and there's like actual simulated like the way yeah. they make they put in carbon in the machine and whatever, and it's really actually a good option if you want to wear diamonds, but you don't want to be scared of like Mm. losing it or people don't realize all these lot who have like crazy jewelry collections have to get insurance big enough to cover this stuff. Um, But my question to you is what's your thoughts on synthetic diamonds as engagement rings? So can I sort of avoid the question with, I've always thought that I would have an antique ring. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've, I've always, I, I don't think I'd be against synthetic. And you know, when you see like, you see these shows like 90 day fiance or mm. like, say yes to the dress, all, all of these stuff. things. And mm. you see these like crazy big rings and you're like, you know mm. what? That pop, that could be Swarovski for all I know. Cause I don't know much about diamonds. Okay. I mean, obviously, I'd want a certificate, but like, I'm not super precious about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't actually like shiny things on myself. So mm-hmm. that's probably where that comes from. But I've always thought that I would want an antique ring. A, because you can get some 
large diamonds for cheaper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i kind of like i kind of like that idea yeah. i don't know why same i think antique rings are they're like, more really beautiful options yeah. yeah and then when you look at like tiffany i don't know if you've ever like gone into a store you know these very big name jewelers mm. you just browse and you look at the prices and the prices are crazy, but you look at the design, and for some people, they're nice. Like, yeah. You're knocking it, but I just think, oh, I'm pretty sure you could go down to like Hatton Garden in London, all these other like diamond districts across the world, um, or like, you know, these gold districts in like places in the Middle East and get mm. something that's really nice for a lot cheaper. And yeah, yeah, it's a really big discussion. It is, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear to all talk about it more and potentially even do sort of like um like a sort of quiz or questionnaire or whatever it is um a poll that's mm. what I'm thinking of with like our friends to be like what are your thoughts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah how interesting so mm. it was better to buy an engagement ring at the start of this year so yeah, that's, <laughs> that was the moral of the story <laughs> So what's your fashion story? So my fashion story is, is there is a new documentary out about Audrey Hepburn. Oh. And of course she is one of the ultimate star icons of the last, um, the last 100 years. Um, (laughs) Century? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, last century. Um, Sort of her and Marilyn were... I guess the two women that mm. lots of people looked up to for a significant amount of time. Mm. You were either a Marilyn girl or an Audrey girl. Yeah, they're complete like opposites, aren't they? Yeah. It's a bit like I don't know if you remember when we grew up, you were either a Clooney or a Pitt fan. Like you it was like oh, you kind of were meant to fancy yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Um, I definitely think I'm definitely a Marilyn fan and I think you're definitely more of an Audrey Hepburn fan. It's difficult because I I've watched quite a lot of things and documentaries about Marilyn and I'm really fascinated about the fact that she was clearly like really talented but kind of also didn't want like she had a real conflict of her Mm. life um but I I do like Audrey Hepburn mainly for I I love Breakfast at Tiffany's um so Mm. yeah yeah Um, and but yeah, so there's a documentary out about her, about her life and her style, as well as all other things. But mm. I definitely watched that because, as I say, I'm far more of a Marilyn fan. Mm. I love that old Hollywood glamour. Yeah. And I just thought that she was a very witty actress. Yeah. Um, she played the bimbo and the, like the quick jokes and things really well. So I've always kind of liked that about Marilyn. And I've always recognised that um, I don't really know that much about Hepburn, really. Mm. And I've never fully understood her appeal as an actress, partly because I haven't seen her her films, like I think Roman Holiday and things, yeah. the most famous one. Um, and... I've always found her as a style icon, maybe a bit on the more boring side, but I, that's just a personal preference yeah. to me. I quite like exuberant people <laughs> characters. And so 
I would definitely watch this documentary, actually. I think maybe I'd have a newfound appreciation for her or just more of an understanding of her as a person. I know that she um, she came, she started, wasn't she like a refugee or something? Yeah, she, she really... came from Belgium during, um, or she was in Belgium during the Second World War. Mm. Um, and yeah, so like, I think she had quite an unusual sort of rise to stardom, but so do most yeah. people, you know, like you never hear of somebody like, yeah, I just was really wealthy. I lived in LA, went for an audition. Like you very mm. really hear that story, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. for like huge megastars. There's normally some rags to riches, which she yeah. has. Yeah. You know, I, this is so random, but what you, the rags to riches, like interesting story thing. It's just reminding me of something. Honestly, this is going to be so random. But <laughs> on Netflix, there's a new show called Ripper. It's not a show. It's like a... Have you watched it? Okay. I, I did not know. I want to give it my full attention. Oh, yeah. I watched it, like, last night. Like, mm. all the episodes straight yeah. through. <laughs> I think that's, that's my plan for this evening. <laughs> yeah. You can do a bit of cleaning and watch it. And do Like, do something else and watch it at the same time. Oh, I don't know if you can, though. Like, you can do both, honestly. Oh, really? mm, I did both. <laughs> so um i was watching it and i was like hold on um i know this guy he's an actor he's from Corrie. turns out les battersby from Corrie discovered the body of one of the yorkshire rippers uh, victims uh, yeah he was in like an allotment uh, with his friend who likes gardening and they came across like, so one of the which women part is the rag and which part is the richest no 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 no. <laughs> i just mean that he is a, he's like a british celebrity yeah. you know well, yeah. i mean not in the, not in the sense that like international yeah. no, listeners yeah, no, no, will no. appreciate but in england mm. he's he's known he's recognized by a lot of people um and he's been an actor for decades anyway like the fact that he had this really interesting part of his life that I had no idea. I just knew him as an actor of Coronation <laughs> Street. <laughs> and I was like, how are you in this Yorkshire Ripper story somehow? But yeah, people got interesting lives. I know. I fear that mine is not taking that course, but... No, you just need a PR team. That's all. Just someone, to... <laughs> someone to spin things yeah <laughs> spin doctor <laughs> well i don't want to be discovering any dead bodies so i'm cool i'm cool we interrupt this broadcast to remind you go follow us on instagram star over substance pod Shoot us an email, starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube, find us on Twitter. We've got all the links on our Instagram. You know what to do. Right, well, should we move on to fashion? Yeah, fashion shows. This is uh, another segment of clothes we will never wear to events we will never attend. <laughs> Part two of what spring summer twenty one. It's coming like dribs and drabs this year, and this is—is is this not pre full? Well, the Chanel 
Matilda Art calls it pre-fall. Mm. But some of the other shows that have only, like, for example, Bottega Veneta, they had their shows in September. Yeah. But the images of the show has only just been, like, recently released. Yeah. Oh, weird. So it's technically still spring, summer 21. And then Saint Laurent, you know, he came out as, like, the first designer who was, like, fuck a fashion week like I don't care anymore I'll just like put out what I want when yeah I want. When, yeah when I want this is the when he wants time <laughs> turns out so it's a bit of a mix yeah and to be honest it's probably we keep talking about this but like it's probably that start of the transition of not going seasonless but like a company being ready when they're ready you know mm-hmm. yeah it's like Azadina Liar used to do that because actually the turnaround time you can manage that with your factories some people have it ready like um instantly don't they like different brands do different things that I think it actually be almost more interesting for there to be a scattering I mean don't get me wrong there's nothing more exciting than this like I mean, this time it's not happening as much, but like, you know, when there's an influx of shows like all at once and it's Mm. so exciting, but maybe designers get more of their moment if it's... Yeah, when they stand apart, Mm. they get more impressed and things, yeah. Um, So I know you have quite a lot to say about Chanel, so should we start there? I don't think I have quite a lot to say, but... You implied it last week. Yeah, 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 I suppose so. Um, let's start with Chanel. Okay. Should I tell you my thoughts? Just general thoughts. Yeah, go on. So I really liked the location. I thought it was a significant improvement from like the Chanel sign. And like, I liked that because it was simple and like a, a semi-clever way of doing something really simple, but it so- sort mm-hmm. of also looked like we've slapped this together quite quickly um and I really loved sort of like I watched the video of it and I just love how Chanel have multiple people sort of appearing and I just quite like that rather than the one at a time do you feel like it was more of a relaxed appearance to the um the usual shows I think it was just a little bit more familiar of a Carl show and mm. like, and don't get me wrong, like this, this lady, I'm going to butcher it, Viard. Yeah, Virginie Viard, um, yeah. <laughs> she, she needs to have her own stamp on things. There's no, like, she doesn't have to follow his, his mold. Mm. But I sort of felt like it was more, it was more like that. And also it somehow allows you to see sort of looks together and sort of see if they're working together. And I would say like, some looked nice together and some didn't and I will say I loved the tweeds Mm -hmm. I really thought they were strong there was one that almost looked Dalmatian like Mm. and there was a full look on that and we'll post it on Instagram and I thought that was a really strong look the knitwear I loved um there was loads of jewelry the leather goods looked really good Mm. um one thing this is a personal thing for me but I think, and actually it'd be really funny, my friend did this recently on her Instagram, but like that we talk about like fashion no-nos 
into for like us like like you know those things that kind of make you a little bit repulsed or for whatever reason yeah like you think is a crime and for me that is the leggings under skirts dresses or shorts (laughs) (laughs) and that was ever present in the chanel show Mm. so i really struggled with that okay um i think (laughs) when you mentioned the the location I think the location was actually one of the most interesting parts about it because Mm. if you look a little bit deeper into like what the location was and its significance I think it's quite it's quite well thought out yeah it it inspired the collection from what I understand yeah so it was um located in Chateau de Chenoncier I think that's how you pronounce it And this, I believe, was not Virginie's, like, first choice. But when she went to look at this, essentially, this castle, which is known for being quite intimate, it was quite similar and reflective of Coco Chanel's own famous Mm -hmm. house in the south of France. So she kind of saw those parallels. And this castle was known as the Chateau de Femme, which is like the castle of women. And it was famous for its really influential women who who kind of helped shape it. this castle's notoriety, basically. So I think King Henry II's mistress and her like arch nemesis, Catherine de' Medici, who like the Medici in history is like a very powerful family in Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, So they both kind of put their stamp on this castle. And so I think it's a nod to like the relevance of women in this case, which I thought was really interesting. And um, one of the Medici symbols is this interlocking sea. And they found these like these motifs and these like, um, double C's in the castle and of course obviously Chanel their symbol is the double C so it was like and not to be confused with the Charles Camilla double C no because we wouldn't (laughs) confuse the two (laughs) do you know what I'm referring to um isn't yeah they both like every time you get married you get your own no, so Scribble. when when Princess Diana and Charles got married mm. on his honeymoon, he was wearing cufflinks with interlocking seeds. <gasps> yes, yeah, to symbolise his love for Camilla. Yeah, that's which true. I can't help but think maybe she just bought him Chanel cufflinks. But um. no, darling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that that was quite a cool part of the show, and as you said before, like the fact that it was implied that the show was only performed for the audience of one who mm-hmm. is, oh, what's her name? Her, you know, the actress. The Yard. No, oh. no, no, no. Oh, actress in Twilight. Oh, Kirsten Stewart. Or there Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart, is. yeah. Um, it made it like more homely and intimate. And that's supposed to be the idea of this like castle, which is actually quite small for castle sakes. Um, yeah. Let's go into the leggings because when I saw some comments online, people had a real <laughs> issue with these leggings. Well, they didn't even, some of them looked premium. Mm. Some of them looked like they could have been from Primark. 
going to say I don't know, the I don't leggings, know how didn't leggings bother me. Premium, but I I do have a real problem. They I, didn't bother me. You know what it was? Remember back in the day when we were at school, we used to wear skirts and leggings and pants. No, I I really tried not to. <laughs> I know. I mean, I definitely did a, for a bit, but I just I don't think it's acceptable. That was a part of early two thousands fashion that people just like to forget. Yeah, and I think <laughs> long way to stay that way. <laughs> it was also quite eighties in that sense. The mm, leggings that yeah. comes to the ankle with the ballet pumps or and the like those, Mary Jane. Those gold glittery ballet pumps were beautiful, and I'm going to make it my life goal to get a pair. So that's going to add to the, your long list of Chanel things that you want. Yeah, yeah, I do like the shoes. I do, and I liked. I did like the leggings for some reason. I wouldn't I wouldn't be wearing them, but I quite liked it. I think what differs between Viard and um oh my god Carl, Carl <laughs> is that he for every show had a had a new theme mm. and it was a whole new world. For her, she oh, has no. this yeah, she <laughs> has this like she draws on like these Reminds me of the Tudors, that sort of like 1500s Europe aesthetic. That's her thing. And that's what I see in her collections. And I quite like it. I quite like mm. the jewellery goes with that theme. The I really like the presence of the jewellery. I actually mm. like, I haven't really noticed it in other shows. And I don't know if I wasn't looking for it or, but I just felt like all of the belts were jewellery. Like they, it was costume belts, weren't they? Like mm-hmm. I just think it was. Yeah, there was a. I almost wondered if, you know, we always say accessories are the money maker. If it was like, babe, push these accessories. Yeah, um, and Chanel Chanel costume jewelry is just extortionate for the mm-hmm. fact that it's costume jewelry. Yeah. Um. But yeah, one of my favorite looks. I don't know if you. It will stand out to you, but it was like this. It was like a camel cardi and potentially like a little bralette you know how that's cool to have like a matching top and cardi these days mm-hmm. um but then Very it had nice. this um black sort of sheer like mesh skirt with it so it was like a really contrasting textures and stuff like that but it was just a really cool chic very viard rather than carl look it was quite modern and very her I really mm. liked it. And um, I would say the evening wear mm-hmm. was a little lacklustre for me. Some just yeah. some were just kind of looked like they didn't fit the model. So I don't know if there was something there. And I think that's an interesting point because for me, when I think of Chanel, I don't think of evening wear. I don't mm. think of ball gowns. I don't think of, you know, these highly dressed up evening looks. I think of... I'm a rich woman who likes to wear fancy things during the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to buy a Chanel jacket, it's not because I'm going to wear it to, you might wear it to a wedding, but you're not going to wear it to a black tux event. You're Mm. wearing all this stuff on a day-to-day basis. Does that make sense? Mm. So yeah, Yeah. it wasn't really, yeah. Those sorts of looks is not what reminds me of Chanel at all. But um, I did, I did like the checkerboard. Mm. Um, that was like ever present, and the fact that everything with the 
collection was largely and they were walking black and on white. a checkerboard as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I I did like it. I I do like her aesthetic overall. I mean, I. Yeah, I get the thing about the leggings, even though it didn't bother me. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a personal preference. Mm. I would say that I th- I think, or actually a question to you, do you think they're trying to target a younger audience? I don't know. There w- because actually Chanel's always sort of had quite young models and all of that. And actually they, there was one model they had that was an slightly older lady and she was beautiful wearing this sort of black sparkling tweed um i think they sort of cover all ages really because the tweed tweed is quite an old-fashioned thing like Mm. it's that thing that people get because it's chanel but really it's not something like me i don't own anything really tweed but i'd probably own it if it was chanel like that's Mm. what they've done really well and it's quite old-fashioned and then i do think their style of their sort of evening dresses is is more along that style mcqueen next um only because i think that this was my favorite overall presentation you talk about the men's one it was the one where it was like this dystopian oh video i don't know i haven't seen the video basically what I saw on Vogue were, it was just 14 looks. Yeah, it's the same thing. Because you know, okay. actually the Alexander McQueen, I think, is maybe the men's, is possibly my favourite as well. So that's quite funny. Yeah, we are on the same page. <laughs> so Alexander McQueen, presentation-wise, was my favourite in that, You know, at the beginning of the year, um, it was all about, to some extent, kind of better days will come and Mm -hmm. we're all in this together sort of sentiment. And and a lot also was about going back in time, either like returning to the home like we saw with Fendi, or it was about brands were coming out um, repurposing old designs of the past but reintroducing them as like a homage to the past or like sticking to their classics I think if you didn't see the video but the Alexander McQueen video which featured both menswear and women's wear and the women's women's wear especially the suits were very much based off the men's suits they were pretty much identical I think um, there was this video of what was this dystopic, a dystopian London. And there were these like feral survivors who were living under the bridge on the embankment, like the muddy embankment of the River Thames. And they were there and they had like blankets out and they were just like living in the shadows of like this dystopian London. And they were like, some of the women had these, um, wearing these big McQueen dresses and they were like wading through the waters of this river and stuff. And I was like, we all know that McQueen is known for dark imagery. Mm. And I was like, that is how you do it because McQueen is about the darkness in life and about the savagery and all of that. And actually the clothing wasn't that, that dark. I think it was obviously mm. like 
the vision behind it was but the mm. execution wasn't like overly dark yeah so um yeah that's the thing I felt like they were able to keep their identity they're not about to pretend like they're bright and sunny to make people mm. feel better they're like this is our moment to be as dark as we want to be you finally have all joined us yeah 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 <laughs> and it's, it's funny you say about the clothing because when you look at it look at the clothing at face value it isn't dark really mm. but I think that they've used like um fabric cutoffs and like stuff that usually wouldn't have been used they've kind of repurposed put together and so what you see is like repurposed fabric basically and cutoffs and things to make this collection and I think it's like really um I don't know it's the the looks are more like utilitarian mm. than they are about delicate embroidery and stuff that we've seen yeah. um Sarah Burton do before yeah I th- I think that the the looks were really I don't want to say simple because I don't mean simple in a in a negative way because actually mm-hmm. there's nothing simple about the McQueen tailoring mm, exactly. their, their tailoring is exquisite but it was almost like it looked like a uniform. It yeah, looked yeah. like it just looked, I don't know. And it just, the because te- they tailor so well. And on the men's looks, they did like this hybrid tailoring where there was like what would be like a normally a formal overcoat, but with the volume of a trench coat at the bottom mm-hmm. or like they did this hybrid puffer jacket meets, tr- meets trench coat. And yeah. it's just like, and some of it's a bit unusual and yeah, a bit kooky, but like, of course, like it's McQueen, yeah. but like the way they've executed it and just the way it's been styled just kind of looked really, really normal and just really really clean and really well done I really yeah. liked the paneling like you said like it almost if they were reusing fabric or making use of some like some spare um fabrics from previous collections mm-hmm. there was some paneling and they just it yeah. was almost I don't know it was it was great I loved it I I agree like it was really sleek clean cool pieces like the men's um trench in that like taupe color yeah and it's got these extra kind of panels that come out at the side I thought it's just really a really clean collection and I think it's when people say like collections have to be a reflection of Mm. society and like all that stuff sometimes you look at a collection you're like I don't know what the fuck you're on about but I think with this it made sense it was like I could wear that day in, day out, four years to come. The the dresses were made out of what seemed to be like foil or like unfrayed, like frayed cotton or something like that. Really like simple, plain fabrics. But they were obviously, as you said, tailored like beautifully. Mm. But it did look like, you know, when you watch those old films of like Victorian London and they have Mm. these big full skirts almost like funereal yeah some aspects to our 2020 perspective it's like oh my god it's this big puffy dress but this is like the stuff that yeah like normal men and women used to wear with boots and used to trudge through dirty london 
you know, in the 1800s sort of thing. And um, yeah, the, the suits, I would kill for one of these, um, one of these McQueen suits in Navy. I really like the collection. And I mm. think it's like, it's a reflection of what's going on now more than I've seen any anyone else really do. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw the Dior, I won't even call it a show, presentation. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say this is one of the biggest disappointments that I've seen. Is this Dior Men's? No, this was like a pre prefall, mm-hmm. okay. um, and it basically was a bunch of Polaroids. I think there were like a hundred and twenty odd sort of like slideshow images to like go through on Vogue, which is to be for me far too many. Mm. Um, and basically, some Polaroids would be a close up of a jacket, some would be sort of an entire look, but like yeah, the execution of these. It's mm. like they were scanned on an A4 page and that's yeah. how it looks. And it's probably <laughs> intentional, but for me, it just, it, Dior's incredible. I just feel like it didn't mm. show off. Like the collection actually looks nice. There's loads of leopard print. It mm. looks really fun and playful. There's this amazing like monogram rain jacket that I feel like is going to take like Instagram by storm. Like it's like, a clear rain mac with the monogram on it oh yeah mm-hmm. um and all of that stuff and it's this real mix of sort of much more relaxed clothing much more sort of like potentially street but in a dior way mm-hmm. mixed with sort of some classic dior but i feel like the presentation of it i'm just not here for it yeah i think from my point of view the presentation was far more editorial mm-hmm. like I liked it I actually liked the imagery but in a magazine yeah yeah, yeah. not as like a not as a me way to suss out the yeah. whole collection you know it was quite hard to get an overall feel of the collection yeah I mean it could be a way I'm not being funny but it could be a way of just like masking up the fact that it's the same old same (laughs) (laughs) you know like the there's a silver metallic like chrome jumpsuit but Mm. we've seen the jumpsuit already it's just yeah yeah um we've seen the headscarves before that's nothing revolutionary I quite liked the leather beret but, oh, but we've seen that before. I swear course. one of her first collections, she had the mm. beret and then like Beyonce when she had her Super Bowl performance. Yeah. It, yeah, it was that sort of period of time. The leopard print, I like leopard print. Yeah, I like, really like it. Am, but... I, am I going to buy a dual leopard print tracksuit? If I was going to buy a leopard print, you know where I'd buy it from? D&G. Oh, yes. Yes, even though they are raging racists, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they they do um, leopard print quite well. Yeah, well, it's um, kind of like become their thing. Hasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I thought I, you were going to say juicy couture at some point. I was waiting for like a <laughs> squeeze me. You're better um, than that, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> speaking of leopard print, mm. one of my favorite ish uh, it's it's a presentation of two halves for me mm-hmm. was the machino moschino who knows it's um i know but i can't bring myself to say that for me it's like naturally moschino if that makes sense oh, okay i get you you know like it's like i say nike but if someone tells me it's nike 
I'm still going to say night. I think it's just the British way. Like I used to say machino, but then I went to work for a certain company and we were like, no, you have to say it correctly. Yeah, so yeah. now I just, it's just normal to me. But yeah, Brits, we, yeah. I'll, I'll butcher it. Don't you worry. Um, so first of all, the, the way they photoed it was on this like grey mottled, like sort of, I don't know if your family ever had a photo shoot back in the day, but it, it looks like the backdrop for that. Like I'm certain we've got a photo in my family home mm. with this grey like mottled background. And like it's intentional. It's like I think it's meant to look dated. It's meant mm. to look... It, Machino is always somewhat 80s inspired and all of that. Um, so I thought that was really funny like and a bit like playful the first few looks i was obsessed with there was loads of paneling it was kind of freaky but kind of cool and there was like this what there's like this dress where it's like half a blazer dress and half like a leopard print dress and then like there's this layered like sort of trench coat where on top it's a statement blazer then it goes into a biker then it goes into a trench coat but then Mm -hmm. The looks just suddenly become trash. <laughs> yeah. Like just it suddenly gets all machinified with the teddy bear, baroque print on everything. And just I thought that was kind of edgy and really funky and playful. And then it just went into like the branded machino crap. And mm. But the first few looks, I actually, that that coat, I actually think is really cool. I mean, I'd never wear it, but I think it it's a cool idea. The panelling, and we've seen panelling quite a lot all over the place. But mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is not my favourite Moschino. I think it reminds me too much of Guess. <laughs> Do you know Guess? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like long legs, boofy hair, and like big tits dare I say it but it's kind of giving me that kind of like skinny jean and tight top I don't know it's just not my favorite to be honest I think Moschino does really well um the thing is kind of like a trashy theme and I respect that Mm -hmm. and the backdrop thing I do like um, yeah, it is supposed to be reminiscent of this like '90s family photo, or, like yeah. school portrait or something. But yeah, I, I liked how they they used the same model. Mm. I just thought that was a cute touch. Um, and she did all of the looks, but I um... does it just turn trash? But isn't that Moschino? Yeah, but I just thought those first few look first few looks were just really like in like just different. Mm. I don't know. It just I, I thought even... it was a different tone, and then it just went mm-hmm. into like, oh no, we we're just going back to what we normally do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we yeah. we designed a few things, but they actually no, forget it. But I think, yeah, I I understand what you mean. They just reverted back to some looks that they've already done. But in a sense, these patchwork and like re-stitched together looks to me weren't that revolutionary or different Mm. or interesting. Um, Yeah, not for me. 
Really? Saint Laurent, I like their stuff, but um, it's not necessarily like the most interesting to talk about. But for this, I thought they kept like this really 60s aesthetic, which was like the heyday of YSL, like the beginning of when Saint Laurent kind of, you know, headed up his own fashion house and stuff. And so they've like made a nod to that as like plunging necklines, jumpsuits, um, like those mini dresses that that were massive in the 60s with those like Mm. mandarin collars that come up, that stand up. I thought that that was really cool because Bottega's like this collection that came out before, but we're only now seeing it now um it was like a nod to like the 60s and 70s of like chunky knit and this idea of like going back into time Mm -hmm. and I think at a time where people were buying more into secondhand more into vintage um I thought it was just an interesting approach in that fashion houses are probably going to look back to old collections and old pieces that they've brought out before, old trends to capture that like resurgence of vintage fashion. Um, But I thought YSL was like, I would definitely wear um, a lot of the stuff that they came out. Also like they, they had their models in sheer tights and then lace knickers on top of it and wearing heels. And I thought it was very like Playboy bunny 1960s. Um, vibe but also of course a bit rock and roll like with um velvets and things like that um so I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised about saying I would I would want to like buy into that their their style I feel like they are really like really trying to nail I think they sort of have really segued them into like the rock chic Mm. sort of I don't know that's what they've made as their their thing their stamp which I actually think they're really good at yeah and I think yeah like and also like it's just more wearable I don't know if this was like they've always had this sort of like rock and roll like more kind of I don't even know what the word is but not like super feminine glamour like they probably like when I think of even like 90s like YSL I think of like yeah it might be gold sequined but like just a a big blazer dress or like I don't know I just always think well because YSL he like pioneered like the smoking jacket so tuxedos and all of that as well for women as well like I think that they and like women's tailoring I think they were probably like you know quite quite at the front of Mm-hmm. a women's like a women's suit um like a tuxedo mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think they just really nailed that and like it's one of the few collections that you look at and you go I could imagine wearing that yeah 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 exactly because all the rest of it seems so unattainable for a lifestyle that really we don't even know if anyone leads but we mm. imagine they do <laughs> Yeah. And I actually love the tights. I think the tights um, tights look really, really good with it. Mm. I mean, they've recently had a lot of backlash in regards to the size of their models. And I will say that they do use models who, in some cases, look painfully thin. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it'd be nice I to actually, just... I actually feel like Chanel's models for the first time, like, don't get me wrong, they're slim, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't slim, slim. Like, some of them were walking and they had, like... They just weren't stick insects and I appreciated seeing that. I don't know if you've, yeah. you've seen the film Prom or was it The Prom that's just come out on Netflix with James Corden, Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman. No, I haven't seen that. But basically, you know how like it's it's a musical and all of these musicals tend to have obviously backing dancers and all of this stuff for like the dance numbers they clearly made a conscious effort to have real sizes. Like, and yes, mm-hmm. of course, there are people who are naturally slim or whatever, but it wasn't the stereotypical, all of the dancers being like a size six or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. were just like, had more athletic builds or whatever it was. They just looked a bit more normal. And I mm-hmm. really appreciated it. Yeah, I think where Chanel approaches it is they always have very young models. Yeah. And then Saint Laurent approaches it from a like a rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. Like um, basically your breakfast is. Yeah, cigarettes. Like cigarettes <laughs> and maybe some like some booze to. <laughs> yeah, like. Um, hair of the dog yeah. sort of thing or like a really strong espresso because obviously that's like the fashion lifestyle that is where they I don't know I think it's if they could just tip the balance into a bit just a bit healthier sizes mm. it wouldn't be so uncomfortable sometimes <laughs> to watch their runways because I have to admit for in the recent past I've watched it and been like yeah you know, um, but in either case, I like their latest collection or their looks. Um, but yeah, that's my kind of wrap up for what I've seen. Cool. You got anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, very well. We'll <laughs> end here. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Style Over Substance. I've been Mim. And I've been Scarlett. See ya till next time. Sayonara. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.